Welcome to the Informal Podcast. I am your host, Austin Coley. Back at it again with my good friend, Sam Lewis. Sam, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you, buddy? I'm great because when this pod comes out, it will be Monday morning and officially college football week. Football is back officially now. I know we joked about that last pod, but it just feels great to say. It is officially, or will be when this pod posts, it is a, will officially be West Virginia hate week. Get on board. What time is that game on Saturday? 2.30 CBS, I believe. That's the CBS game of the week, huh? Well, yeah, I don't know if there's a lot of options. <laughs> it probably yeah, be it the is. only time all year Tennessee plays on SEC game of the week. Most years we get like the token Tennessee-Florida game on CBS because it's the first SEC game and neither one of us is terrible yet. Um, but yeah, we probably don't even get that this year. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. But if if you missed our last pod, we did part one, this is part two. We did part one of our college football preseason, not really predictions, but just thoughts on what's going to go on. We covered sort of each conference teams that stood out teams that we thought were underrated, overrated, talked a little bit about Ohio state. Some new stuff's come out since then. Um, which I guess we oh, yeah. should we, we, we should talk about we that. should attack that right away. Um, they came out and they suspended Urban Meyer for three games, which is honestly more than I thought they were going to suspend him for. But uh, the press conference rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. He never really apologized for anything. So, what was your take on that whole process of how Ohio State handled the whole thing and the punishment levied against Urban Meyer? I was si- simultaneously. Um, surprised that they suspended him for three games, which, like you said, is more than I thought they would. And also, um, I, I don't know if outraged is the right word, but really upset that he did not get a heavier suspension. I mean, I was not expecting him to get a heavier suspension. Um, I think I said on the last pod that I didn't think he would ever coach again at Ohio State, and I think that's still on the board. Um, it's like you said, the, the press conference did not come off great. He's had to put out an apology for his apology, um, which, again, doesn't sit really well with me. I think this entire situation has been bungled by Ohio State. I think Urban Meyer is a creep, and he's always been a creep. I think he's willing to do anything to win, which, you know, on one hand, I guess is commendable, but on the other hand is, like, really slimy and makes me uncomfortable. Um, I think – I'm looking at their schedule. They got Oregon State week one and Rutgers in week two, which those might be the two worst Power Five Power Five conference teams in the entire country. And I thought that that would be the suspension there for those two games, but they suspended him for TCU as well in week three. Um, that's not going to make any difference. He still gets to to coach on the practice field for what the the last two weeks of the suspension. It's just it's completely soft. It's a suspension with no teeth in it whatsoever. And Ohio State just said that, you know what, he can do whatever he wants to because he wins a lot of football games, which, I mean, I wish they would have just actually said that instead of implying it, but that's what they're saying, and I guess that's where we're at. Yeah, there's no need to overkill, but I agree with everything that you just said, especially the fact that it's never good to have to apologize for your apology. Never good, good in business, look. never good in marriage, no, that's for sure. not a good look. Um, and so not good in this situation either. So he will have a lot of redeeming to do if he expects his legacy to get back to where it was before this. But now let's get on to the real stuff we were wanting to talk about this week, which is making the official, uh, the our informal official selections for each conference champion. Also, our favorite over and under win totals for this college football season. Also, pick our playoff national champions and playoff contenders and also our preseason Heisman Trophy winner. So are you ready for this? I'm so excited to get rolling with it. I'm ready. We should say before we dive in that we do not condone gambling. Um, This is not a gambling podcast, but we are going to use the over-unders from Las Vegas because that's the easiest way to talk about this stuff. And if you want to gamble with your own money, I'm not going to tell you not to do it, but just don't, don't, Follow our predictions, lose your entire life savings, and then come at me on Twitter. That's what I don't want to happen. Exactly. 
these lines just give us a very good value on how these teams are expected to be going into the year. We don't look and research every single one of these teams. In fact, we look and research at zero of these teams. This so, is the informal podcast. We're talking about this very informally these and lines, giving you all the right answers. Though. These lines give us guidelines on how they are expect, these teams are expected to be this year, so we will just go off of that. Now, let's start with the best conference in college football, and that is the Southeastern Conference. I'll roll through these conference odds. And Sam, you give me your chance on or your pick on which team you think is going to or which two teams you think will appear in the SEC championship and also win the SEC championship. So Alabama is minus 140 by far the favorite, which means that you have to bet $140 to win 100 if you're into betting. Georgia is plus 275, and then it really drops off from there. Auburn's plus 1,000. Florida State's plus 1,400. Florida, I mean, sorry, Mississippi State's plus 1,400. Florida's plus 1,600. LSU, South Carolina are plus 2,200. And it just goes downhill from there to Vanderbilt, who is plus 50,000. Sorry. Plus 50,000. I didn't see that extra zero there. Put $100 Tennessee. on Vandy and win $50,000 when they win the SEC championship. <laughs> Tennessee is plus 6,600. So what's your take off of those lines on how you think that these teams are going to be this year and your champion? Well, once again, if you listen to the part one of this podcast that we did a few days ago, you'll know that I think that Florida and South Carolina are way overrated. I don't think either one of them is going to be very good this year, even though they both have a lot of preseason hype. Um, neither one of them is going to win the, win the SEC championship, so it doesn't really matter for this discussion. But I think Florida being, what's that, the fifth most likely to win the SEC based on this, I think that's ridiculous. I don't think they have any shot at all to win. Um, it's going to come down to Georgia winning the East because I don't think any of the other teams in the East are any good. Um, so Georgia's getting in from the East. And then in the West, it's almost certainly going to be Alabama, but I won't – um, dismiss Auburn out of hand. I think Auburn at plus 1,000 is actually kind of a good value um, because all Auburn's really got to do is sneak into the title game somehow. And then I think if it's Auburn versus Georgia in the title game, that's probably pretty close to a pick game. I mean, I don't think Georgia would be a huge favorite over Auburn. So if you think Auburn can beat Alabama and win the West, then I think that's a smart bet. But I don't think Auburn can beat Alabama. I think it's going to be Alabama and Georgia once again. And Early in the season, before the season even starts, I would pick Alabama, really going out of the limb here with my first pick. Wow. Man. You, it's bold. You did, yeah. You, you are a bold picker. Um, I think it's really interesting here that Georgia isn't, doesn't actually have the best odds out of any of these teams to win the SEC championship, just because of the fact of how you said it is loaded in the SEC West once again with Alabama, Auburn, Mississippi State, and LSU all ranked in the top 25. Florida actually has better odds than LSU, but they're not ranked in the top 25. So Alabama could very easily, let's say Alabama loses to Auburn, and Auburn loses to, I don't know, Texas A&M, right? And Alabama and Auburn both end with one loss. Auburn goes to the national championship. While Georgia will probably pretty easily roll to the national championship unless they miss that. And even if they do, they'll probably still go to the national championship even if they lose again. I mean, to the SEC, SEC championship. Yeah, SEC championship. Sorry. Um, if, they, if they win, um, even if they lose one game. So I really like Georgia's odds in this, just from the fact that they will most likely be there at the end when that game is played in Atlanta – they have the experience of not only playing in the SEC championship last year and winning the SEC championship last year, but also coming within one Hail Mary of a play of winning the national championship last year. So don't call me a homer, but that Georgia at plus 275, I think they should be, they should have had the highest odds. I, I actually kind of agree with you. That's a good argument to make because I don't think Georgia is going to win the SEC championship again this year. But I also would be shocked if they weren't in the championship game, which like, you can't say that about Alabama or Auburn. I, I would be shocked if one of Alabama or Auburn wasn't in the championship game. But it really could be either one of those two. I think it'll be Alabama, but it could be Auburn. So Georgia is the most likely to me to make the game, which 
if you believe that like I do, their odds should probably be a little bit better. Let me ask you this before we move on. What do you think about Mississippi State being the fourth, uh, picked fourth in terms of odds and third in the West, only plus 1,400? I like that because I believe Mississippi State is just a little bit worse than Auburn. Now, I think those top three teams, Alabama, Georgia, and Auburn, are definitely the powerhouse of the SEC this year. But I think Mississippi State, if Fitzgerald plays well, that they could creep up and, and start off really strong and, you know, maybe have a chance to make a run. So, you know, I wouldn't drop them below any of these other teams. Florida, LSU, South Carolina, Missouri, I think they're definitely better than all of those teams. So I like where they're at at plus 1,400. I think Mississippi State has got one of the best rosters they've had in a long time. they got a really good defense coming back, a lot of potential NFL players. Nick Fitzgerald, if he can come back off the gruesome leg injury he had against Ole Miss last year, is a really good quarterback. Um, they're obviously replacing Dan Mullen at head coach. they got Joe Moorhead, who was the offensive coordinator at Penn State last year. Um, and a lot of people like him. This is his first time as a big-time head coach, at least at the top level of college football. A lot of people like him, but he's unproven. So I'm looking at the over-under, the wins over-unders here for the SEC, and they've got Mississippi State at 8.5. So in order for them to hit over, they would have to win nine games. It seems like a big number for Mississippi State because they've got to play Auburn, they've got to play Alabama, they've got to play Florida in a crossover game, which I think Mississippi State's better than Florida, so I'm not all that worried about that. But then they've also got Kansas State out of conference going to Manhattan, Kansas, which, you know, nobody ever knows how good Kansas State's going to be, but I don't want to play them at their place early in the season. That's a tough game. I'm thinking Mississippi State is probably going to be good, and they're probably going to win eight games. So while I like Mississippi State this year, I would take the under on eight and a half if I had to pick it. Wow. I, I, I get what you're saying on that, and – the only thing I would say more about the SEC conference is Vanderbilt is not going to win the SEC championship. Moving on Deep. to the Big Ten <laughs> conference, perhaps the second best conference in college football. Of course, you have the Ohio State issue that's been going on with Urban Meyer, him out the first three games. We talked about that a little bit, but they are still top of the list at plus 160. Following them is Wisconsin, which we still, like we said last week, know nothing about, except they have a big offensive line and a quarterback that can't throw the ball very far downfield. Really Michigan, good they're at plus 225. Michigan's plus 375. Penn State's plus 600. Michigan State's plus 800. Then it falls off after that, all the way down to Rutgers in Illinois at plus 50,000. Same odds as Vanderbilt there. So, what do you make of these odds? You have the odds in front of you. You can go down and get another team if you'd like, but especially between those top five, who do you like out of this conference? If I had to pick one of those top five, who it looks like just based on the odds, the top five, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Michigan, Penn State, and Michigan State, the champion is almost certainly going to come out of those five. If I had to pick one of them, I'm going with Penn State. I think James Franklin's underrated as a coach as much as I dislike him as a person. I think he's a really good coach, and Trace McSorley's senior quarterback coming back is a fantastic college football player. We talked about him quite a bit on part one as well. Um, so I would take Penn State there. I also like Michigan at plus 375. I think odds are that Michigan is mediocre, like they've been the last couple of years, you know, eight and four, maybe nine and three. But they do have Shea Patterson, who is the transfer quarterback from Ole Miss, who I believe he was the the top-rated quarterback coming out a couple of years ago, coming out of high school, first or second. He was a five-star guy, played a lot as a true freshman for Ole Miss, was really dynamic, drew a lot of comparisons to Johnny Manziel. Um, I think he's even a little bit bigger. He's probably got a better arm, probably a better NFL prospect than Manziel was. He got into Michigan. He's going to be able to play right away. Um, and if he's good, if he's really good, if he's finally the answer quarterback for Jim Harbaugh, Michigan could win the whole thing. Like they, they're good enough. They've recruited well enough where if they can plug in a superstar at quarterback, they could not only win the Big Ten, but they could win the entire thing. So I don't think that's going to happen, but the upside is there for Michigan to be an elite team this year. So first pick would be, would be Penn State for me. Second, I like Michigan. Yeah, I had Penn State 
selected on here as well. I, I think, like you said, McSorley is a veteran. That team is just knows how to win. Had a really strong year last year and the year previously. I think they could definitely make a run from a spot where they are picked fourth right now. I'm going to go down and get a team here towards the towards the middle of the pack and pick Iowa at plus 2,200. It would be very tough for them to come and win the Big Ten, but I think you should keep an eye on them. Iowa is always solid. They're always really good at home. If they can win, I, I believe they play Wisconsin at home, um, and they're, they're in that other, that other division. So I think Iowa, if they can pull off a couple of upsets and win a couple of games on the road – could find themselves at the end in a spot with a with a little help to, you know, make it into that championship game, especially if Ohio State falters and so does Wisconsin. I agree with you about Michigan that they could be good. They have all the talent to be good, but they just yet to put it all together under Harbaugh. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, Anything else Iowa, in the Big Ten? Yeah, I'll I'll just about Iowa. They're always, it seems like when you think Iowa's gonna be really good, they're mediocre to bad and then we think they're going to be bad they go 11 and 1 and make the big 10 championship game i think that i like the way you're thinking with iowa but i'm not going to pick iowa to be the surprise team from the west i kind of like nebraska in that role um they got scott frost who's the hometown hero coming back to take over the program as the head coach won the national championship at ucf last year yeah you can't take that you can't take that away from him that's a national championship he's got a ring all right you can't take that away i think um Nebraska's over-under is six wins. Now, I will be upfront and honest. I don't know a ton about Nebraska's roster, top to bottom. Haven't really been following them very closely the last few years. But uh, the You're Big just picking Ten them West, because of Frost. The Big Ten West is soft. I'm not picking them. I'm picking Wisconsin to win the division. But I'm saying if you want a team that is, you know, undervalued, I think Nebraska over-under six wins is you got to take the over right there. I'm pulling up their schedule right now to see if they've got any tough out-of-conference games. Um, I think the upside is there. they got Colorado. they got Troy, Akron. It doesn't scare me. I mean, they've got to play Michigan in Ann Arbor. That's probably a loss. You're telling me Nebraska can't win seven games? Come on. <laughs> All right. I, I'm, you got Nebraska. Um, Nebraska versus Iowa. Over under wins. Nebraska versus Iowa. Let's put it on the board. <laughs> Iowa's going to win more games than Nebraska. I will take Nebraska. Set it in stone. Let, all right. Let's. I'm going to go down here um, and and try to find Iowa and Nebraska. Okay, Nebraska six and a half. All right. Iowa. I was not even on here. So I've got Iowa at seven and a half and Nebraska at six on CBS.com. Okay, so we'll say – so I think that's pretty fair. I bet Iowa wins more games. We can set that in stone. But for my picks, I think Iowa's going to win the Big Ten West and really? Ohio State's wow. going to win the Big Ten East, and Ohio State will win the conference. That's who I, I just think. Got the, I just got the schedule pulled up, and the last game of the season is Nebraska at Iowa for the informal championship of college oh. football. <laughs> that's – that's going to be one we're going to have to sit down, and will be the game of the year. Get your Wait, popcorn where is that? ready. Is it? Is that in it's, Iowa? It's in Iowa, oh. and the, the over/under points for that game is thirteen and a half total points. Under, don't take the under. <laughs> take the under. All right, that's great. Can't let's wait. move. Let's move on to the Pac-12, where Washington is the favorite. They have even odds right now to win the conference. They're followed by USC at plus 400, Stanford at plus 550, Oregon at plus 750. Then it falls off after that all the way to Oregon State, who you mentioned earlier is one of Ohio State's first opponents at plus 50,000, so they will not be good this year. (laughs) Washington is the favorite. Do you think anybody can beat Washington in this conference? Can uh, sure. I mean, USC could. USC's got a lot of talent. They've got the uh, true freshman quarterback we talked about on the last podcast, who could be very good or could fall apart. There's no, you know, nobody knows. Oregon has a new coach as well. They've got Justin Herbert, who apparently is going to be the number one overall pick in the draft, playing quarterback for them. Even though I don't think I've ever seen him play football. Um, I've never Stanford, heard of that guy before. I heard of him, but like very vaguely. Apparently he's good. Who knows? 
Stanford's always pretty good. I think Washington is – they're probably the, the one I'm most confident about to win their conference of all the ones we've talked about so far, um, except for maybe Alabama. I mean, Alabama's really good. Washington, I think, is the overwhelming favorite to win this league, and if you are not going to take Washington, I guess you have to take USC. Um, but I'm taking Washington. I mean, I, I definitely think that Washington is the overwhelming favorite here, especially um, with Jacob Eason going back to that school, former George Bulldog, but even though he's not going to be starting. Hey, is he even eligible? <laughs> no, 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 no. He has to sit out this year, but they've got um, a senior quarterback who's been really good for them. He started a lot. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Um, hold on. just No, I'm going to look it up. Jake Browning. That's it. Jake Browning. He's played a lot for them. He was their starting quarterback when they made the playoff a couple years ago. It's his senior season. He's kind of like Trace McSorley in that he's probably not an NFL quarterback, but he's a really good college player. Um, so he'll finish out this year, and then Easton should take over next year with two years of eligibility, I think. Right. Is how that works. Jacob Eason, really good quarterback. Jacob Fromm obviously came in and, uh, you know, played well for Georgia last year. But it'll be interesting how he does at Washington, back where he's from after Browning leaves. USC is definitely interesting, especially if freshman quarterback JT Daniels comes in. We talked about him a little bit last week. If he comes in and plays for the Trojans, he could give them a boost or he could lead them to failure. I mean, I think it's one of those two if he comes in. Um, and I think you, it's also interesting to see UCLA at plus 3,000. Um, you know, I was going to ask you what you thought about UCLA. Chip Kelly going back uh, his first year back in college football. I think the upside is high there, but what's that going to look like in his first season? Right, it's going to be interesting with these aren't his players. He didn't recruit these players, and he recruits a very specific type of football player. He recruits a guy, guys that can just constantly move during the game. Their endurance is high. They're really, really fast, especially on offense. So he's not going to have those guys his first year, and if he does, they're going to be freshmen. So the majority of players that are playing aren't going to be guys he brought in. That's probably why they have them so low on the totem pole of chances to win this conference, but I think it's definitely a team to keep an eye on. They're going to be interesting, that's for sure. Um, one that I'm kind of interested in is Arizona State, who I think is on here, plus 10,000. Not at all um, highly likely to win the conference, but they've got Herm Edwards as their coach. I, I want to say this about Arizona State. They will either win 10 games or lose 10 games. <laughs> one of the two. It's going to be one of the two, because either Herm Edwards is going to be awesome and just run through the Pac-12, or he is going to be terrible, and it's going to fall off. The train's going to go off the rails. There's no other no other outcome is possible. Yeah, Arizona State, definitely a team to watch. Okay, we have two more conferences. Actually, three more conferences left to go. So let's keep going to the ACC where Clemson is minus 195, by far the largest margin of any team predicted to win the, their championship. So they're minus 195. Miami, the U, is plus 550. Florida State's plus 900. They've got DeAndre Francois coming back this year, so that is a little interesting. Then Virginia Tech rounds in at fourth at plus 1,400. Then it falls off. From there, So, does Clemson get upset by anybody to win the ACC, or do they take it pretty handily? This is probably the most cut-and-dry league, I think, of the Power Five. It's going to be Clemson versus Miami in the championship game, and Clemson's going to win. Um, I don't have much deeper analysis than that. Clemson's really, really good. Miami is probably good, and... Every other team in this league is yeah, yeah crapshoot. I mean, I don't know. Virginia Tech might be good. They had they lost a lot of a lot of guys this offseason for suspension and other various things. Florida State, who knows? Willie Taggart's first year. Um, Clemson's got like I don't know fifteen NFL players on defense. They've got I don't know I don't know fifteen NFL players on offense. They're going to be really good. I think I said in the last pod that they're my pick to win the whole thing. Um, spoiler alert that they're probably my pick to win the whole thing still. So <laughs> change, change my mind. 
Changed my mind. Clemson over Miami in the ACC championship game. Yeah, I, I don't have anything to add there. I think that, <laughs> I mean, Florida State maybe. Um, Clemson's just so good. And, and it's their defense is so good. It's not like teams that have really high prolific offenses have a chance of getting beat just because a defense could stop them for a little bit or they could go cold. Sure. But defense is a lot more uh it's a lot better way to be consistent throughout the college football season. And their defensive line is so stout that for most of these games and for most situations, they can just rush forward, drop back, and still get to the quarterback really quickly. Clemson, I think, absolutely wins the ACC. So is that the first time? That's, yeah, well, we agreed on Washington, too. So those yeah. we agreed on both of those. Let now, me, b- before we move on, real quick, let me give you something to watch for a little lower in this league. I think that we haven't talked any hot seats for coaches to this point. I mean, we didn't really prepare to talk hot seats, but I do want to just throw this out there. Don't be surprised if Bobby Petrino at Louisville doesn't make it to the end of this season because, I mean, it's been well publicized, the mess that Louisville's athletic department has been over the last, you know, eight months or so with Rick Petino finally getting the ax in the basketball program, the AD, Tom Jurich, also um, being shown the door for just the – I mean, complete shady activity that was going on with the basketball program. Uh, Bobby Petrino, known dealer in shady activity. I think if they start off slow, if it's looking like they are not going to be able to carry on, you know, from what Lamar Jackson did when he was there, they might just go ahead and decide they were going to wash their hands of that entire athletic department, you know, get rid of Petrino, turn over a new leaf, and rebuild. I think that he could – you know, as much success as they have with Lamar Jackson, if it goes south there, it could go south in a hurry and he could be gone. Yeah, they're not going to be very good this year either. They, I think they have a chance to make a bowl. Um, I wouldn't predict them anything better than that. I don't know what – let's see. I don't know if we've got their win totals on here or not. Seven. seven. Yeah, that's what I thought. About seven. So You know um, who they play week one, don't you? They play Alabama, so that would be really interesting. Alabama may he may get fired after that game. <laughs> well, I mean, if they lose sixty to nothing or whatever, they could indeed he could could indeed get fired after that game. But where I, is but, that game? Is that game in, in Dallas? It's in one of the big neutral sites. I I think Alabama or Auburn Washington is in Atlanta, which we didn't talk about that. That'll be a really good game week Ooh, one as well. Yeah, um, I think that I think Alabama Louisville's in Dallas. I want to say, but. Louisville's got Alabama week one. Then week three, they've got Western, who Western Kentucky, who is they always play those games tough, especially with other teams in the state of Kentucky. So they lose both of those games, and they're one and two going into the ACC schedule. That could go south quickly. One hundred percent. So, are you good on the ACC? Yeah, I think that's all I got on the all ACC. All right, let's let's go to the Big Twelve Conference where Oklahoma. The team that won the Big 12 last year is a favorite at plus 130. Texas is next at plus 325. TCU at plus 700. Oklahoma State at plus 700. West Virginia at plus 700. Falls off from there all the way to the team with the lowest chance of winning that we've seen at Kansas at plus 80,000. Plus 80,000. It's just (laughs) insane. All right, so just, obviously... What, no, what, just, no, we got to talk about Kansas for a minute. Just for your viewing <laughs> pleasure, week three, we've got the marquee matchup of the season, Kansas versus Rutgers. Who you got in that game? The biggest, the, the <laughs> game of the century of the week. I'm going to take... I want to take Rutgers just because they're only plus 50,000 while Kansas <laughs> is plus 80,000. But you know what? You don't rock walk into Lawrence, Kansas. Rock you, don't just, you don't just walk into Lawrence, Kansas and win a football game. Oh, wait, everyone walks into Lawrence, Kansas. I'm picking Kansas. Game. Never mind. I'm picking Kansas. Kansas. No, no way. Kansas is losing to Nichols in week one. You write Bill, that down. Bill Self will coach the football team that game. <laughs> Where's Rick Majerus or whoever that dude was? Mangino. Who, who was it that had him in the Orange Bowl like 10 years ago? <laughs> it's... Uh, Oh, I don't remember. Uh, you know who I'm talking about, though. Big yeah, guy. I know exactly. Yeah, he, he got him to the Big Ten Championship, which is incredible. Uh, no, they were, Big 12 they were ranked number one for a minute that year. It's incredible. That that guy deserves a medal. Hey. Um, 
Okay. Hold on. He might he might not be with us anymore. Hold on. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> let's move on and, and talk Oklahoma, who lost Baker Mayfield, the Heisman Trophy winning uh, quarterback, they lost D.D. Westbrook, and a bunch of other defensive players who I don't know. So they're plus 130. Obviously, this is the conference that odds makers have the least amount of confidence picking a team as they this is the first conference that they do not have a team favored or at least even. So do you think Oklahoma wins this national championship or do you think it's one of these other teams won through Kansas? It's not Kansas. <laughs> definitely not Kansas. I think Oklahoma is the best team in the conference. I think the love for Texas is a year or two too early. I'm not going to buy in on Texas until they're actually good again. Um, the team that I like to potentially surprise, I don't think they're going to win the conference, but the team that I like to potentially maybe make the championship game is West Virginia. Um, because they've got, again, they got the senior quarterback. You might be sensing a theme here. Will Greer, Heisman candidate quarterback. They're going to score a ton of points. I don't know if they're going to stop anybody all year, but it wouldn't surprise me if Will Greer is just a superstar and they, you know, win 10 games and make the Big Ten turn – or the Big, what, the Big 12? That's right. Big, it makes no sense to me. The Big 12 has 10 teams in it. I, that's confusing. But it doesn't, they I was could, like, yeah, I know. It's could, crazy. They could be in the Big 12 championship game. Um, but I think they probably, even if they are, they probably still lose to Oklahoma. The only question I've got with Oklahoma is, is Kyler Murray the real deal? Because he's, you know, in spot duty last year, he was really good, really dynamic, obviously a great baseball player. But when it, it's his show to run, how's he going to handle that? We don't know yet. But the, the upside is really high, obviously. They could win the whole thing, too. You know what? I'd have to feel that he's not feeling very much pressure, seeing that if he flops, he still is signed for millions of dollars to play with the Oakland A's. What are the chances that, like, he comes out in week two, tweaks his hamstring a little bit, and is like, you know what, guys? I'm going to play in the Arizona Fall League. I'll see you later. Is that a possibility? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. wouldn't put I it mean, past anybody. I mean, uh, he, he's got such a bright career in baseball that – this is it's kind of a such a unique situation, right? I mean, most of these guys are playing for their future career. They either play well and they get the chance to go play in the NFL, or they don't, and they continue into the career of whatever major that they have selected in school. So he now has the opportunity that he knows he's not going to play football, or most I don't know, but most likely he's going to play baseball if he signed for that amount of money and the A's felt confident enough to take him where they did. So. He is definitely in a unique situation, and I would think that he wouldn't feel as much pressure to perform, but we will just wait and see. It's going to be interesting. That's one to watch for sure. Um, what do you think about Texas? Is Texas back? Are you willing to buy in? I said a minute ago I'm not willing to buy in yet. What do you think? I, think I, we can't, talk Texas. I can't buy in yet. Texas is always a team that they're such a big-time school, such a big-time program that you want – to be able to look at them and say, like, yes, they're going to be good. But they just haven't been. And so I think they're going to – it's one of those teams that's just going to have to show me before I believe in them. I'm with you with, with, with West Virginia. They're down there in that trio of TCU, Oak State, and West Virginia of teams that are in third place here and, and not chances of winning the uh, championship. And I think their offense is obviously going to be very, very good. Is their defense going to hold up? That answer is probably no, which is no. why they're plus 700. No, and as we said not. earlier, teams with hot, really good offenses and bad defenses are very inconsistent. So I really like Will Greer. I like him as a Heisman candidate. But I really don't think West Virginia makes very much noise here. I think Oklahoma wins this championship. They still have a lot of returners. They've been to the championship before. They've been in the playoff before. So I would have to go with them. Let me ask you this. This might be getting ahead of ourselves just a little bit, but does the Big 12 get a team into the playoffs? Because last year they were uh, – well, no, Oklahoma got in last year. It was the year before when they were left out, I think. But if, if Oklahoma comes through at 11-1 and and wins the championship, do they get in? Do they have to go undefeated? Because I believe I, Oklahoma – does Oklahoma play Ohio State this year? I should know that. I should have looked that up. I don't think so. Okay, you so talk. here's what I think. I think that 
if Georgia goes into the national championship at 11 and 0, Alabama, let's just say Georgia and Alabama are undefeated in the national championship. And SEC championship. Sorry. It's okay. Basically, the SEC championship is a national championship, which is why I keep getting those mixed up. What I'm hearing is that whoever wins that game is who you're picking to win the whole thing, (laughs) which historically is the correct decision to make. So Alabama-Georgia go into the SEC championship. Let's just say they're both undefeated. We'll say Alabama has one loss, okay? Georgia's undefeated. Ohio State wins the Big 12 at 11-1, okay? They they win the I mean the Big Ten at eleven and one, Washington sweeps. They're undefeated. Okay, so yeah. then you have Alabama beat Georgia. So Georgia's eleven and one. Alabama's eleven and one. Alabama just beat Georgia to win the SEC championship. Ohio State's eleven and one. They won the Big Ten championship. Washington is undefeated, and they won the Pac twelve championship. I think those four teams get in. Unless Oklahoma goes undefeated, then you really have got a debate on your hands of if you bring in Georgia or if you and, – and I think they still maybe bring Georgia if that's the case. I just – the Big 12 is definitely the weakest conference out of all of these. Oh, wait, you got Clemson too. I, I yeah. didn't even – I forgot about Clemson. So, yeah, it, it, I really – I don't think that Oklahoma or any of these teams, if they lose a game, are going to have a hard time if other teams take care of business. If you look at the Power Five conferences, if any team wins any of those leagues completely undefeated, you know, thirteen and zero, including the championship game, you're in no matter what. I don't, I don't see any scenario where an undefeated Power Five conference champion is left out of the playoffs. The the thing that's more likely is that there's no undefeated Power Five conference champion. I don't know if we've had one, you know, in the last few years. I think even Clemson lost a game last year um, as the number one seed. So what you're probably going to end up with is the SEC champion, SEC champion, is going to be in. They've been in every year, you know, barring something really crazy. The SEC champion will be in, whether it's Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, whoever it is, they're getting it. Then. I'm with you in saying that Clemson is almost certainly going to get in. They'll probably stub their toe at some point during the season. They always do. They'll lose, you know, at Pittsburgh or at Syracuse or some dumb game they shouldn't lose. But they're going to end up 12-1 and ACC champion. They're going to look great doing it. They're going to be in. So you go from there with the SEC champion and Clemson. Then yeah, I, think the I, Pac-12 I agree champion, with both of those. I mean – so say just for the sake of the argument, say you've got Washington with one loss, you've got Oklahoma with one loss, and you've got Ohio State or Penn State or Michigan with one loss, the other three conference champions. How do you choose between those three? It's probably going to be strength of conference schedule, and the Big 12 is probably the weakest of those three leagues. I mean, I mean maybe we get into the season and we find out that's not true. You know, Maybe the Pac-12 is soft this year. As you look at after Washington, you got USC, who may or may not be good. You've got Oregon, who may or may not be good. You know, Stanford doesn't really scare me all that much. So maybe Washington gets left out. But I think if you're looking at that scenario where you've got the Big Ten champion, the Big 12 champion, and the Pac-12 champion all with the same record, I think the Big 12 is probably third on the list, you know, third in line to get in. So Let me I ask you this. The Big 12 could be in trouble. Let me ask you this. I think we all agree Alabama's – 12 and 1 wins the national champion. I mean, wins the SEC champion. I'm going to keep doing that. Wins the <laughs> SEC championship. They're in. Clemson, 12 and 1, won the ACC championship. They're in. Yep. Ohio State, 12 and 1, won the Big Ten championship. They're probably in. If it's Ohio State, I think Ohio State's in. Now, if it's Penn State or Wisconsin or one of the other teams that's ranked a little bit lower, you might have a discussion. But if it's Ohio State ranked in the top five at preseason, they're in a 12 and 1. All right, so let's say because of all of that, you've got Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State in. Now you have to pick between Washington, who is 12 and 1, won the Pac 12. Oklahoma, 12 and 1, won the Big 10, Big 12. And Georgia, who was undefeated until they lost to Alabama in the SEC Championship. They may pick Georgia to go to that game or to the 
college football playoff. If I didn't even think about the second place finisher in the SEC when I was going on my little rant. If if Georgia is twelve and zero going into the SEC championship game and loses to Alabama or Auburn, to be so a one loss team, their only loss is in the SEC title game. I think Georgia's just saying it's probably Georgia in that situation. They, I think they're ahead of whoever wins the Pac-12, whoever wins the Big 12. I think that if you get through the entire SEC schedule 12-0, and you're probably in, regardless of what happens in the championship game. Now, the only caveat I would put on that is Washington plays Auburn week one in Atlanta, which is basically a home game for Auburn. I mean, it's like an hour and a half from Auburn's campus. If Washington wins that game and then say they lose, you know, they lose at Utah or they lose you know, to Stanford or some, you know, weird Pac-12 game that kicks off at one o'clock in the morning. I think Washington could still, a one-loss Washington team who wins the Pac-12 championship and their loss is to Auburn, that's a strong resume still. Or if they beat, I mean, if they beat Auburn, if they've got that non-conference win, that's a resume-boosting win right there. Washington has a huge opportunity in week one to, you know, get out to an early lead in this discussion that's not going to be decided until December. Agree. I, 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 just, I think Washington loses one along the way in their conference. I think so, too. There's just so, so many tough little games where you go to Colorado for a late kickoff or to Utah, you know, or one of the Arizona, one of the Arizona schools comes up. I mean, those, the best team in the Pac-12 loses one of those games every single year. All right, so let's move to our playoff teams. I think both of us probably have Alabama and Clemson. Yep, I think that those are my locks. The first two I put in, Alabama and Clemson. Okay, I agree with that. Who is your third team? My third team, based mostly on the argument I just tried to make, is going to be Washington. Because I think Washington finishes the season 11-1 and and wins the Pac-12 title. And I think, I think so 12-1 and with a Pac-12 championship with either a win against Auburn or if your loss is to Auburn. That's a really good loss, too. I think that is a strong enough resume to get them in. So then for me, I'm picking Penn State to win the Big Ten. So it's going to be Penn State versus Georgia for that last spot. And I think, I think Georgia is going to stumble at some point during the regular season, finish the regular season 11-1, and and then lose to Alabama in the championship game and have two losses. Therefore, I'm taking Penn State as my fourth team to get in. Ooh, I just don't. I love that. I it's love just so that. tough to go twelve and zero in an SEC regular season, man. I mean, when's the last time? Who's who was the last team to go twelve and zero in the regular season in the SEC? Well, what's I mean, tough I'm sure is it was that Alabama at some point, but I don't remember when. Georgia has to play Auburn too. Yeah, they play them every Auburn, year, and they got to go to LSU. Right, right. So, Alabama and Clemson are my locks. I'm picking Ohio State to win the Big Ten. And if Ohio State wins the Big Ten, they're going to the college football playoff. There'll be so much of a story there, especially with Meyer. I, I think that I think they make it to the playoff there. So for my last team, I'm going to pick Georgia. I, I am. I, I think they actually win the SEC championship, and uh, whoever finished. I mean, last year Alabama didn't even play in the SEC championship, and they got in. That's what two we're SEC saying. teams are going to get in every year. The, it's like, oh, can they have two in? And they do. I, I think the, they. I think they have two that make it. The best case scenario for either Alabama or Auburn is to be undefeated going into the Iron Bowl, lose the Iron Bowl in a close game, and then have Georgia win the SEC championship, just like happened last year. You know, Auburn won the Iron Bowl against Alabama, then turns around and loses to Georgia in the SEC championship game, and Alabama gets in because they're 11-1. and And a one-loss SEC team is going to the playoff, no matter who it is. They didn't, so, Georgia, Georgia doesn't even have to win. If, like if Auburn won the national championship last year. Or if SEC they won the championship. S- yeah, see, I'm doing it on purpose now. <laughs> um, if Auburn won the SEC championship last year, Alabama still probably gets in. That's the, that's the question. That's the one thing we haven't seen. We haven't seen a team, at least an SEC team, lose the championship game 
in the last week of the season and then still get into the into the college football playoff because the recency bias thing is real. I mean, if so Georgia was 11 and 1 going to the SEC Championship game, correct? Right. So in this scenario, if Georgia was undefeated, they lost to Auburn. And then they lose to Auburn, they have the same record but without the championship as like their final resume boosting piece, do they get in? And I don't think they do. I think the committee takes you know, takes one of the other conference champions. Or I guess right. it would have been, what, Washington last year probably was the first one that got left out? Right. Or Penn State. Um, yeah, we could, talk, we could talk about this for hours. We're running, we're running short on time. So we will definitely talk about this more throughout the season. The college football play, playoff definitely makes for such an intriguing selection of teams and makes each game relevant. So, out of your four teams, who is your 2019 NCAA college football champion? I am sticking with what I said earlier on the last pod and earlier on this pod. I am taking Clemson over Alabama in the championship game. I think that Clemson has maybe the, on paper, maybe the best defense that we've seen, you know, the best non-Alabama defense we've seen, you know, and probably, you know, who knows how long. And... At quarterback, they've either got Kelly Bryant, who's a returning starter, a returning playoff quarterback, or if he stumbles, they've got Trevor Lawrence, who was the number one overall recruit last year, who's a freshman, and it's only a matter of time before he takes over. He is a superstar. So they're going to have great quarterback play one way or the other. Their defense is going to be solid. And Alabama has – they've already got some attrition on defense. They've had a few injuries early in, this, or early in camp. And I think that quarterback situation could get hairy, man. I mean, you got Jalen Hurts, who I think is 24-1 as a starter, and everybody is just assuming that he's lost his starting job to Tua, and he probably should because Tua's better. But, I mean, you tell a guy who's 24-1 as a starter that he's not starting anymore, you know? And in the national championship game last year, after Tua came in and won, both of those guys handled it like complete pros, complete class acts. But over a course of an entire offseason, plus the grind of the regular season, I just wouldn't be surprised if there was some some in-house chemistry issues maybe by the end of the season. And in saying that, I'm still saying Alabama's probably going to go 12-1, and going to make the national championship game and lose to Clemson. So, I mean, even when they have chemistry issues, they're still one of the best two teams in the country. But I'm taking Clemson in a close one. There you go. What about you? Who's yours? You going to pick Georgia? Yeah, I'm going to pick Georgia. Oh, yes. I can't not. I can't not pick Georgia. Georgia should have won the national championship last year. Sure. They've got their quarterback coming back. They did lose their two running backs, but Georgia signs a million five-star running backs a year, so they'll be fine there. You know, Clemson reminds me a lot of Auburn's teams last year. Um just really stout defensive line. And Georgia had trouble with them the first time, but they beat them up pretty good the second time. Auburn definitely was tired from having to play Georgia, Alabama, Georgia, back-to-back-to-back weeks. But I just I can't not pick Georgia. Georgia's got such a good road through the SEC East to make it to the SEC Championship. They win that game. They're in the college football playoff. And... You never know what can happen from there. I think Clemson definitely makes it to the playoff, like I said. And then, you know, those other, you know, Alabama probably makes it. So, but I, I got to pick Georgia. Let Just on bias this. alone, I've got to pick Georgia. Let me Georgia. ask you this. What happens when, when Jake Fromm misses a stare going down the dormitory steps and tweaks his ankle and misses two practices and they put Justin Fields in as the starting quarterback and Jake Fromm loses his spot? Same then we go undefeated. Then Same we go thing undefeated. That to Jacob Eason last year. How do you keep just jobbing your five-star quarterbacks out of the starting starting <laughs> job and signing new five-star quarterbacks? It makes no sense. Kirby Smart has built a house of cards, and the whole thing's going to come tumbling down. <laughs> yeah, right. Figure out who the bag man is. It's going to happen. They built a house of metal cards, and then <laughs> and then screwed them together. That house is not stars. falling with a five. Yes, they are exactly. cutting checks at Ed. Rick Patino level down there, and it's going to all come crashing down around you. All right, so you had Clemson, I had Georgia. 
whew, that's going to be an interesting year. Two more things we have to talk about. We got to do it real quick. First, we missed this one, but let's talk about Conference USA. They have oh, yeah. odds on the East Division, and that's with Lane Kiffin and Florida Atlantic at minus 160. Big favorites to win the East Division of Conference USA. That's interesting because Marshall's plus 325, but then our hometown team, MTSU, with star quarterback Brent Stockstill is plus 650. Can the fighting Brent Stockstills make a run at Fort Atlantic and Lane Kiffin? All I want from Brent Stockstill and MTSU this year is 12 healthy games. If he plays 12 healthy games, they are going to make the Conference USA Championship. Brent is... He's one of the best college football players in the country. And if he can just stay on the field, he's had tons of injury issues his entire career. But if he can stay on the field, they are going to make the championship game. That being said, I think FAU, Florida Atlantic, is going to be the best non-Power 5 team this year. I think I said on the last podcast they will be ranked in the top 10 at some point during the season. Um, And if I didn't say it on the last podcast, I'm saying it now. They're going to be ranked in the top 10 at some point during the season. Uh, and they'll win this conference championship game. But I have to ask you, did you see um, our our high school baseball coach, Craig Revis, say that Brent Stockstill was the greatest leader he's ever coached in his entire coaching career on Twitter the other day? Did you see that? I did see that. Yeah, yeah. What are the thoughts? Got thoughts. We both played for Craig Revis. That seems like a slap in the face to me and you. Complete backhanded slap. <laughs> it's a no. complete joke. Brent Stockstill Brent- is definitely the best leader that's ever played at that program. Brent He's was incredible. a leader on our team as a sophomore. That's a so fact. He was. I, I don't, you know, I, I don't discount that at all. And, and no, he I'm, was. He was, he, he was now, one of the best players on the team as a sophomore. Now he's the 11th year senior at MTSU and is definitely the leader of that team. That's Keep QB, coming back. You think, he can get, you think he can get one more medical red shirt for next year? <laughs> you tell me there's a chance. <laughs> okay, let's move now to the final thing we have on our agenda. And, well, actually we've got over-unders on wins if you want to do some of that. Uh, I kind of called out the over the wins over unders I liked while we were going through it. I think we got to talk about the Heisman before we get. Well, out hold on. Here. Let me just let me just throw you out some and you just quick answer over okay. under. Okay, do it. let's do it. Alabama eleven. You can't take the over on eleven, and I'm not gonna. It's a push. They're gonna they're gonna go eleven and one. Auburn nine. Oh man, you got to give me a half. Because I kind of think they're going to go nine and three. I guess Auburn I'll, nine. I push nine and three. <laughs> I'll give you a half. UCF nine and a half. Under. Under. Georgia ten and a half. Over eleven and one. Louisville seven. Under. Florida eight. Under. Florida's Michigan, not going to be as good as people think they are. Michigan nine. Oh, that's either good. They're either going to go like twelve and zero or six and six. <laughs> uh, I'll take the over. I'll say Shea Patterson's good. LSU seven. LSU seven. Yes. Man, here's the real question: If LSU goes seven and five, does Coach O get fired? Yes. Man. I take the over there. I uh, yeah, I guess. I guess seven and five seems right, but yeah. Miss- I Mississippi guess State, eight and a half. Under, eight and four. Missouri, six and a half. Derek Dooley's still the offensive coordinator? <laughs> yep. Under. <laughs> Nebraska, six and a half. I think, I have, I think I've, I've cast oh, my yeah. lot with Nebraska. <laughs> I think I've got to take the over. I don't feel good about it, but. O- Ohio State, ten and a half. Under. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Oklahoma, 10. Over. Penn State, 9.5. I got to take the over. I got Penn State in the playoff. UCLA, 5.5. Man, that seems low. Surely Chip Kelly gets to 6-6. I'll take the over. USC, 8.5. I saw that one. Why is that so low? Why is USC at 8.5? It seems like you remember a couple of years ago 
where Michi- Michigan State was coming off that 12-0 and season when they made the playoff, and their over-under was like 7.5 the next year. And right. everybody was like, "That's what's the deal with that? Who knows something that we don't? Then they went 3-9. and nine. That's what that <laughs> feels like to me. It feels like USC is definitely going to win more than eight games. But just because that, that over-under is so low, I'll take the under because I guess they know something I don't. I don't, I don't know. That's weird. West Virginia, for me. West Virginia, seven. Well, I mean, they're going to lose in week one to them Vols. So counting that loss, they are still probably going to go eight and four. Wisconsin, 10. I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> I, oh, Wisconsin's probably going to go 10 and two. I'll take another push. All right, final game or final team. The UT Vols, five and a half. Over. I think UT, I think you. <laughs> it's going to be under. Here, here we go. UT. <laughs> it, all right. All right. So I did my UT thing in the last podcast, but I'm going to do a shorter version here. The oh, schedule here is go. brutal. Schedule's can, brutal. Thank you guys for listening. We no, appreciate it. We haven't talked about the Heisman yet. You can't, you can't hang up on me yet. Over. I, I think the Vols either go six and six or seven and five. So over. Over. All right, Heisman Trophy winner. I have a couple of guys here that I think have a chance to win it with odds that aren't great. So, you know what? I'm going to start out, and then you can tell me with that. Do it. So, my first interesting is that West Virginia quarterback, Will Greer, at plus 1,400. He can put up some big numbers in that offense. Obviously, that's going to have a lot to do with how they do. If they win the Big 12, that he puts up really prolific numbers, you never know. Trace McSorley at plus 1,500. I think My he's guy. definitely a guy that if Penn State wins a lot of games, he could definitely be in the running. He has experience. He is a great college quarterback. Kyler Murray at plus 2,200. If he plays anything like Baker Mayfield, he's got a chance. And with those odds down there, I really like him. Going down, DeAndre Swift at plus 4,000. If he takes over that lead back role at Georgia. If he takes over that big, big Georgia lead back role, then watch out. Obviously, they've got a lot of mouths to feed in that backfield, so it's probably why he's so low. He might just get a third third of the work. Last two guys, Drew Locke, plus 4,500. He's another guy like Greer that can put up stupid numbers. People are talking about him being a really high pick in the 2019 NFL draft. So if Missouri wins games, which they probably won't, you can look out for him. And lastly is Kelly Bryant at Clemson. If he comes out in his second year and has a studly performance, obviously Clemson's going to be really good. I say he's a guy that rises in season. Who, who, Kelly, what do you think? Kelly Bryant has the second best odds in the Clemson quarterback room to win the Heisman. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Heisman almost always, not counting Lamar Jackson a couple years ago, it almost always comes from a playoff team, or at least a team that is in playoff contention. So I go back to my playoff teams. I got Alabama, Tua Tagovailoa is – second on the list behind Bryce Love for Stanford, who, you know, maybe should have won it last year. Tua is the highest odds quarterback, but I just – I think he's going to take a – I don't think he's going to be immediately the superstar we're expecting him to be. I think he's going to be really good, good enough to win the SEC championship, but I don't think he's going to win the Heisman. Then I've got – I'm trying to remember. Who did I say? Who did Clemson. Clemson, I think the quarter. I think they're going to change quarterbacks halfway through the season, so I don't think either wow. one of those guys are going to win. I've got Penn State in in the playoff. If Penn State makes the playoff, it means Trace McSorley had a great season. So I've got to say Trace McSorley. If I had to pick one guy to win, he would probably be my pick. Um, and then I also picked Washington. I don't even see Jake Browning on this list at all. But if Washington makes the playoff, wins the Pac-12, he's going to be in New York at the Heisman ceremony. I mean, I don't he's see pushed, any He's way. pushed 2,500. Is he? I've I, I missed that somehow. Yeah, right there he is. He's right there. He's on the list. He's like seventh best odds. So I like McSorley. I like Browning. Um, I like your Kyler Murray pick because if that goes right, it could go really, really right. Uh, or he could also be playing baseball by the end of October. 
Um, <laughs> one of the two. <laughs> one of the two. The other one you didn't say that I like is Shea Patterson at Michigan. Super talented. His first year under Jim Harbaugh. You know, if he puts it together and Michigan's good, he could definitely have a chance to win it. What do you think about the Ohio State quarterback, Dwayne Haskins? His first year starting, you've got them making the playoff, but you didn't mention him in your Heisman favorites. What do you think about him? I just I don't think he's going to put up strong enough numbers. Here's the thing about the Heisman is it usually goes to one, a quarterback that puts up stupid numbers, or a really strong team that runs the ball a lot. Best player on the best really team. Good, right. So – but, I mean, still, I mean, how many pro-style college offenses has a quarterback that wins a Heisman lately? You know, not, not very many. It's going to be a quarterback in a spread system that racks up the yards and touchdowns and completions, or it's going to be a running back that pounds it out. Um, you know, so for that reason, somebody like Shea Patterson at Michigan or Tua, they just don't have enough opportunities to pile up the stats, I don't think, especially because with Alabama they'll be winning a ton of games um, which is part of the reason why I like, you know, I, I even like Jonathan Taylor at Wisconsin because you know they're going to run the ball 75 times a game, and he's just yeah, going to he, pile if, up if, the stats. If he's got 2,500 um, yards and 25 touchdowns, he's going to win the whole – he's going to win the Heisman. And but, that could happen. But I am going to say my 2018 college football season Heisman Trophy winner preseason is Kyler Murray from Oklahoma. Put it in Love stone. That pick. That's bold. That's bold. You got Kyler Murray. I got Trace McSorley. You heard it here first, folks. Go bet all your Bitcoin on these picks. <laughs> don't Just do that because we have no idea what we're talking we're about. <laughs> uh, this, this is very informal pr- predictions. Um, but That's thank you fact. very much for listening to this pod and us ramble on about Heisman Trophy winners, conference championship winners, win totals. I had a lot of fun. So, Sam, as always, thank you for joining me. And we will be bringing you possibly a very special version of the informal podcast here in a couple of days. So just stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for that. Potentially some big news there, maybe. In in the meantime, as always, follow us on Twitter at InformalUS or email us at informalpublication at gmail.com. I am at Austin Coley on Twitter. Sam is at Lewis underscore. Zero six. Until next time. Peace. <laughs>